holy, holy day. How many of you know that the battle belongs to God? That no matter how tough your situation is, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you think in your head, that God has already made a way out for you. And that's something to give God a hand clap of praise for on this beautiful, beautiful Sunday morning. We are so glad that you're here. And that means whether you're in this room with us or whether you're in your own home with us online, we are all here for one thing, and that is to worship God, to lift his name up high, to recognize him for who he is in our life. And our scripture this morning is found in the 25th Psalm, and it reads, Show me the right path, O Lord. Point out the road for me to follow. Lead me by your truth and teach me, for you are the God who saves me. The God who saves us. All day long I put my hope in you. Remember, O Lord, your compassion and unfailing love, which you have shown from long ages past. Do not remember the rebellious sins of my youth. Remember me in light of your unfailing love, for you are merciful, O God. The Lord is good and does what is right. He shows the proper path to those who go astray. He leads the humble in doing right teaching them his way the lord leads with unfailing love and faithfulness all who keep his covenant and obey his demands for the honor of your name O lord forgive my many many sins who are those who fear the lord he will show them the path that they should choose the word of god for god's people can we please bow our heads in prayer? Thank you, Lord, for this beautiful day that you've given us. Lord, we will rejoice and be glad in it, not because our circumstances are good or not particularly because things may not be going well for some of us, but we will rejoice and be glad in this day because this is the day that you have made. This is one more day that you've given us to try to live according to your will. So, Father God, as we just glorify you and magnify you in this worship experience, have your way. Have your way, Lord, and move by your spirit. The songs that we lift up to you because we love you, Lord, please hear them. The scripture and the prayers that are offered, Father God, thank you. They are for your people, your word your holy Bible that gives us instructions for how we should try to live on this earth and the message, Father God, that our pastor will bring. He's the man of God that you've appointed to this household. Please bless him, Lord. Please fill him anew with your spirit. And we thank you, Lord. We love you and we worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. CTC family, I'm Casey, and here's this week's news. Last week, we let you know that we will be having our second yard sale giveaway event on August 14th from 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. 
It's a great opportunity to meet people in our community and be a blessing to them. We need an army of volunteers to make this event happen, both Friday night to receive donations and on Saturday to help the day run smoothly. For details on our need and how you can get involved, contact Chrissy Carroll at ccarroll at ctcde.church. We are partnering with our Scout Troop 902 to host a community day on Sunday, September 19th from 1030 to 2. The day will include a car show, carnival games, inflatables, and food trucks. It will be a day the whole family can enjoy. You will also be able to see demonstrations by the Scouts of various skills and get information on how your child can get involved in Scouting. We need your help with parking, hosting, running carnival games, and manning the inflatables. If you would like to get involved in this, please contact Lynn Poindexter at lpoindexter at ctcde.church. Last year, COVID prevented us from producing a Christmas show, but this year, we're back. Welcome to Bethlehem is set in modern-day Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, and it gives us an opportunity to see God create beauty out of seemingly impossible circumstances. We are looking for cast and singers of all ages. Auditions will be held on Sunday, August 22nd from 1.30 to 3.30, and Tuesday, August 24th from 6.30 to 8.30. You can find out more details by visiting our website. For more information on these and other events, visit our website at ctcde.church or go to our Facebook page. If you need prayer, you can call the Bear Campus office at 302-836-2862 or the Ellesmere Campus office at 302-998-4584. You can also email us at prayer at ctcde.church. Or if you are worshiping online, you can hit the request prayer button at the bottom of your screen. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. God bless you and have a great week. everyone. Sorry about my voice. It's early in the morning for me, but it's nice to see all of you again. I've been gone for a month, so I'm so happy to see old and new faces. I'm really happy to be back, but welcome to everyone who is new or who has been a member here already, and same goes for all of you online. Welcome if you are new or you have been watching us online for a while. So for our new guests in the audience, um, again, Welcome, and before you leave today, once you leave the sanctuary and go to the left, you will see the Welcome Center, where you will receive a free little gift and be greeted by someone from our pastoral staff. And again, for those online, if you're new here, you can click the New Here button at the top, or a bubble most likely just popped up in the chat, so you can also click on that. In my opinion, that one's probably easier. And for those of you in the audience, whether you're at your seat or at the table, you'll see the Connect card. It's a little rectangular paper. So we would love if you could fill that out for us so we know that you are here. And also you can write any prayer requests that you have because we are always praying for you. And then for those of you online, the Connect card is either at the top of the website or most likely just popped up in the chat. So you could also click on that too. Now I'm going to pass it off to Pastor Roger. Thank you, Rebecca. Yep, connecting with each other is so important uh, at Christ the Cornerstone. That's really one of the most important things that we do. And uh, so if you're a regular attender here, fill out the Connect card. If you're new here, fill out the Connect card. And that's the way we stay uh, interested in one another and help encourage each other as we live uh, our lives for Jesus Christ. 
Let's say something about uh, communication at Christ the Cornerstone. If you've been here before COVID, you remember we used to have all kinds of papers and things, but then COVID came and we stopped all the touchy things. And uh, we haven't brought back some of those papers just because a lot of times they just get left there. The most important ways that we communicate these days really is electronically. So if you get an email or a text from us, please pay attention to that. I discovered the, the email that I send out every week. When I sent it to myself, you know, it came through the system, I didn't find it. And I had to go to my spam folder to get the message from Christ the Cornerstone Church, even to my own email. I didn't like doing that. So just an encouragement. Make sure to look for the emails from uh, Christ the Corner, ctcde.church, and uh, mark them so that they don't get caught in your spam folder. And uh, we do lots of announcements that way. We have ways that you can... Uh, be involved in certain mission projects or serving the community. In fact, we sent out one this week asking for people who speak fluent Spanish because at our Ellesmere campus, we have a lot of neighbors there who speak Spanish. And Pastor Vaughn and I have been going on Wednesday nights visiting out in the neighborhoods. And uh, last week, neither of us know Spanish. And uh, we came across, uh, I talked with a couple of moms and she apologized because her English wasn't good. And I said, that's okay. My Spanish isn't good. So, but, but we still uh, shared God's love and had some prayer together. So if you know somebody or if you're interested in doing uh, that kind of visiting with us, we would love for you to do that. Serve the Lord uh, in any way you can. So just send me an email, a text or, or something. Uh, uh, write it down on the Connect card or fill out the Connect card online. Let me know if you speak, uh, if you speak Spanish. I would love that and it would expand our ministry in our Ellesmere area. Uh, the giving. Uh, on the, you can give through the uh, online or you can give through the envelopes that we have. Uh, fill it out. Place the envelopes in the baskets that are by the door. Uh, and you can place your Connect cards there also. Let's continue to worship our Lord this morning. Oh, we got principle number two. Thank you for putting that up here. Uh, we want to practice generosity in everything that we do and we practice some principles. So would you read this with me, please? We give sacrificially... Not simple from a surplus. I couldn't read that. Not simply. I think that we should <laughs> change that typo. Uh, and a scripture that goes along with that. Let's see if we can. Let's see if I can read this one together. And don't forget to do good and to share with those in need. These are the sacrifices that please God. Let's continue to worship God this morning. I invite you to stand if you're here in the room and uh, let's sing and let's continue to praise God. Let me offer a prayer as we do that. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love that you give to us. Thank you for the abilities that you give to us. Help us, God, in everything that we do, share who you are with others that we see. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We are assured that whatever battle we're in, whatever situation we're in, we are not alone, right? There's another fire, water, terrible circumstances, whatever. There's a grace when the heart is undefined. Another way when the water flows. I look at the space between where I used to be and this remedy. I know I will never be alone. 
disappointments, through all of the times when I screwed up, you came and you found me. You found me. And, and all of us can say that this morning in the room, online, if you're watching this later on YouTube or on, uh, on our channel, you, you, you can say this about yourself, that he left the 99 to come and find you. Not just us, but each one individually. We all have a name. We all have a purpose. And God knows that because he's the one who's created us. And here's what I want you to know today. The devil knows your name, but he calls you by your sin. God knows your sin, but he calls you by your name. And he's called us all. He's called me. He's called you. He's invited us. And in a few moments, we're going to hear about the authority that we have in that name that is above every name. So, Lord, today, we thank you for that. We thank you that you left the 99 for me. And Lord, today, as our pastor comes to bring the word, that you would open our hearts, 
that you would speak to us and we would be challenged, touched, and changed in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. God bless you. Thank you. You may be seated. part one of this series, we learned about the character of Jesus. Now that we know who he is, we can talk about what it's like to live for him. Even though the Christian life has its victories and rewards, we cannot expect it to be without struggles, sufferings, confrontations, sacrifices, trials. But in all these things, Jesus is there, equipping us and bringing us hope. If we give him the chance, even though he asks us to give up everything, he will prove that every step of the journey is worth it. Mark my words. Good morning again, and it's again wonderful to see all of you here this morning as we turn to, the, turn to God's word and listen to him uh, this morning. We'll continue our series, so mark my words. This journey through the book of Mark. Mark my words. Life with Jesus is going to bring controversy. We continue our series through the the book of Mark in which we're now asking the question, what is life with Jesus like? Mark shows us that life with Jesus is controversial. Life with Jesus is controversial because Jesus creates a conflict of authority, both inner in our own lives and throughout uh, society. Throughout the book of Mark, we've already seen uh, conflict and controversy coming because of Jesus. And the controversy between Jesus and the leaders of Judaism at that time. Today, we're going to look at a situation where that controversy of authority pops out like a great big pimple on a teenager's forehead. It's right there. Let me ask you this question. Who has the most authority in your life? Who has the primary authority in your life? The answer came quickly at the service last night. (laughs) And it was Pastor Vaughn. Throwing his wife, Gwen, right under that preacher's bus. <laughs> who's, the, who's the greatest authority in your life? Pastor Vaughn said, Gwen. I didn't expect it to come out that quickly. Most of us would probably answer the question by saying, mom or dad, especially if we're young ones. Or I think our wife or our spouse might be the next one. We might even say, nobody tells me what to do. Most of us would admit me, I am the most authoritative person in my life. And you are. You have to make choices about who has authority in your life. Another question. How's your life going if you never learn to submit your own authority to the authority of someone else. How would life go? In other words, if you never learn to submit to another authority, how's life going to go for you? 
You're willing only to do what you want to do. You're never going to consider what somebody else might want or what they might need. It's just about you and my own authority. I decide what I do. You'll eat only what you want to eat. You'll live only where you want to live. You'll watch only what you want to watch. You read only what you want to read. You never bend your own desires, your own wants, your own preferences to those of another person or another authority. When you drive up to a traffic light, you refuse to obey it. Some of us spend many of lives, uh, many years of our lives in countries where there's where nobody follows traffic laws. But in America, our society depends on people's willingness to submit to an authority. When you walk into a store, you take what you want without paying for it because you don't care about anyone else's authority other than your own. What would life be like if we never submit to the authority of another person or another group? It would be absolute chaos. We would never get anything done as a group of people because we couldn't agree on who's in charge. We would be a world full of selfish, fighting, uncompromising, ungrateful, and lonely people. And you can probably add a whole bunch of other adjectives to that list. I believe that if people never learned to submit to authority, the human race would die within one generation. We'd all kill each other. Even the act of making love and creating a child requires the submission of one person to another. And in that submissive act of love, life is created. But if we never learn to submit ourselves to another, life will stop. And even those who have experienced sexual... uh, 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 I lost track. Even those who have experienced sexual abuse, that is one person overpowering another with their authority, they experience the pain of that. And the memory of that lasts and lasts and lasts. We must learn to surrender our own personal authority to that of another if we are going to experience the life that God created us to experience. Jesus reveals himself as the supreme authority, teaching all of humanity how to and why we must submit. And when Jesus teaches his people that, it brings controversy. There's a battle. There's a battle within my own heart, within my own mind. Lord, am I going to do it my way or am I going to do it your way? Who is going to yield? We have a lot of traffic circles in Delaware. (laughs) And yielding the right of way in a traffic circle is essential. Otherwise, 
people are going to die. It brings controversy when we refuse to submit to others. So I want us to look at an episode where that controversy of authority rises to the surface. And we find that in Mark, one example, many examples, but our our example this morning comes from Mark chapter 11, verses 27 through 33. And I invite you to join me in reading that, looking at that passage. Mark chapter 11, it's on page 839 in the Bibles that we've got here. No, it's not. (laughs) 841 in the Bibles that we've got in the room where you can follow along on your own device. Beginning with verse 27, we read again, they entered Jerusalem. And as Jesus was walking through the temple area, the leading priests, the teachers of religious law and the elders came up to Jesus and they demanded, by what authority are you doing all these things? Who gave you the right to do them? Jesus replied, I'll tell you by what authority I do these things. If you will answer one question. Did John's authority to baptize come from heaven or was it merely human? Answer me. Now, the leaders talked among themselves. If we say it was from heaven, he will ask us, why then didn't we believe John? But do we dare say it was merely human? Because they were afraid that the people, what the people would do. Because everyone believed that John was a prophet. So they finally replied, being stuck between a rock and a hard place, or should I say being stuck between that controversy of submitting to Jesus or, or submitting only to their own authority, they decided to try to trick Jesus by saying, we don't know. And Jesus replied, then I won't tell you by what authority I do these things. Darn it, Jesus, we have good questions to ask you. (laughs) Why don't you just answer our question? I think Jesus doesn't answer this question because he wants them and he wants us to sit with the controversy that comes into our lives when we're asked the question, am I going to let Jesus have authority over my life or am I going to continue to to demand that I am the authority of my life? And we're here to see if we can settle some of that controversy. Let's go back to verse 28 and focus on that. Let me read it again. Verse 28 was the question that the leaders asked Jesus, and they demanded, By what authority are you doing all these things? Who gave you the right to do them? Have you ever been asked that question? I have. (laughs) Who do you think you are to do these things? Let's answer that question by going back to the Scripture and seeing in the context right here of Mark chapter 11. What things are they talking about? What things was Jesus doing 
that caused the controversy. So we go back to the beginning of chapter 11 right here. In the Bibles that we've got here, we see the heading was added that says, Jesus' triumphant entry. And that reminds us of the day when Jesus, we call it Palm Sunday, the week before Easter. When Jesus, when the people took the palms and Jesus told his disciples to go, go find that colt, that white colt, and, and they brought it to him and they laid their robes on it and they put their palm branches down uh, uh, on the road. And as Jesus w- walked uh, road into Jerusalem on that day, the people shouted, Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. He was fulfilling the prophecy of the Old Testament that said the anointed one, the Messiah, is going to arrive like this. Jesus arrived and showed them, he didn't tell them, I am the Messiah. I am the promised one. Jesus didn't say that. The people declared that by their behaviors. This is what happened. Who gives you the authority to do these things? Just look at what I do. It's who I am. I have the authority to do these things because I am the chosen one of God. I am the Son of God. I am who I say I am. Even that word, I am, takes us back to Moses. And Moses, when Moses is told to go see Pharaoh... To say, let my people go. Moses is scared. And he knows Pharaoh's going to say, well, who sends you? By what authority do you come? And what's the answer? You tell Pharaoh, I am sends you. I who exist. It is by the authority just because Jesus exists that he has the right to do these things. And he has the power. He is the one because he exists. So Jesus was celebrated that day as the anointed one. This is one of the things. The second thing that they refer to is Jesus' own boldness to break the Jewish law. So we see in chapter 11, verses 12 and 13. The next morning as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. He noticed a fig tree full of leaf a little way off, so he went over to see it, and he couldn't find any figs, but there were only leaves, because it was too early in the season for fruit. And Jesus said to the tree, May no one ever eat your fruit again. The disciples heard him say it. And he cursed that fig tree. Why did he curse the fig tree? I'm not going to answer this question this day, but it just... Because we don't have time for it. We've got other stuff we've got to do. But it said to us in the script that it wasn't time for the fig tree to produce fruit. But Jesus was hungry. <laughs> and it didn't have fruit on it when Jesus was hungry. And so he said, nobody's going to eat your fruit again. He was hungry. So Jesus went into the next thing. Jesus does. This is another thing that Mark is referring to, that the the leaders are referring to. What is it? Who gave you the authority to do these things? So Jesus goes into Jerusalem, and he goes into the temple, and he sees that the money changers are ripping off the people who are coming to worship God and give their sacrifices to him. And he throws over their tables, and he says, My father's house will not be a den of thieves. It will be a house of prayer. Who gives you the authority to come into the house of God and do this? Look at what Jesus does. 
That's the authority that gives. It's because of who he is that gives him the authority to do what he does. And we keep reading through chapter 11. And we see that Jesus was gaining favor and power over the people so much that the leaders feared who Jesus was. And it says in verse 18, they looked for ways to kill him. Who do you think you are? You don't have power to do this. We've got to get rid of you. And so the assassination plot begins to develop. We have to put this guy down. The next morning it says they walk past the tree that earlier Jesus has cursed. And one of the disciples says, look, Jesus, that tree that you cursed, it didn't have fruit because it wasn't time for it to have fruit. But it didn't have fruit. You were hungry. And you said, nobody will eat your fruit again. That tree's dead. Who gives you the authority to do this? But Jesus was still hungry. One day they plucked wheat and they ate it. On the Sabbath, who gives you the authority to to harvest wheat on the Sabbath? It's because of who I am. Again, in verse 25, Jesus speaks of forgiveness. Who has the right to forgive sins? Now, back in chapter 2 of the book of Mark, the the leaders, the Jewish leaders clearly said they understood Only God can forgive sins. But here's Jesus saying, your sins are forgiven. Who gave you the right to do that? I am who I am, Jesus says. I am God. These are the things that the leaders refer to, but they reveal the full authority of Jesus just because he is who he says he is. It's authority given to him by God by the nature of his very existence. God, his heavenly Father. Because they won't answer the question, Jesus refuses to answer their question. And instead he confronts their own unwillingness to believe the answer that they already know is true. Jesus is clearly sent from God by virtue of the evidence that they have seen. And there are some of those Pharisees, some of those leaders that recognize and they admit to Jesus, we know you come from God. They can't say it publicly. And they won't. So they refuse to admit and submit to that authority. They don't believe it. They didn't believe John, and they don't trust it. Now, believing or trusting in something is an admission of the authority of that something and a willingness to act according to that person's authority. Let me say that again. Believing or trusting in something itself is an admission of authority And a willingness to trust in that thing. For example, I've used this illustration often, the illustration of a chair. I'm going to ask Pastor Vaughn if you'll come up and help me with this illustration. And uh, it's a simple illustration. 
Here's a chair. The chair, by virtue of its existence, has some authority to accomplish something. We're going to just kind of use, kind of use this. Let's see. I'm going to, and uh, I want to get it in the right spot so that you online can see what I'm doing. Do you believe that this chair can hold me up? Okay. I believe this chair can hold me up, but I'm not going to sit in it. I'm going to ask somebody to bring me another chair because I'm... Do I really believe this chair will hold me up if I don't act on it, if I'm not willing? No, it really questions. If I'm going to trust something, I'm going to act on that trust, and I'm going to place my weight on that thing in which I am trusting. And I trust and I believe that this chair can hold me up, so I sit on it. <laughs> uh, years ago, I had an old, an old rickety chair in my first church. Uh, the, 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 the church actually closed, not because I was such a horrible preacher, I think. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> There's a little chair down, the, down in the basement. I don't know. The chair made in the 1930s or 1940s. And I thought, I want a little memory of, of, this, of this church. So I took it. It's kind of a rickety chair. It's not as sturdy as this one. I'm a little cautious. With that chair, I'm probably not going to stand up on that chair like I can stand up on this chair because this one's sturdy, but that one's rickety. I'm not going to change a light bulb using that chair. I don't want to fall off. So I don't believe that it's going to do what it wants to do. Pastor Vaughn, do you believe this chair will hold you up? He said, Gwen's getting, Gwen's getting revenge. I believe, I also believe that this chair can hold you up. But to prove that I also believe it and I trust this chair and I trust you, I trust this chair to hold you, I'm going to crawl underneath this chair. <laughs> oh, here we go. I'm going to see how we're doing here. Look at the camera. All right, Pastor Vaughn, go ahead and sit down on the chair. I believe this. And, I, and I'm willing to act on the authority of the chair by virtue of the chair existing. I could feel the floor move. Holy mackerel. <laughs> Look at that. We're safe. We're comfortable. We're acting on our trust and our belief. Thank you, Pastor Vaughn. Let's see if I can get out of here. Last night. <laughs> I, got, I, had to, I backed up last night. Going forward is easier. By virtue of its existence, by virtue of his existence, Jesus has the authority of God, and he will do according to who he is. He has to. He's Jesus. He's trustworthy. The controversy for the temple leaders is that they must choose to believe the evidence that Jesus has shown them of his authority. If he did not actually have the authority to heal, if he did not have the authority to teach, if he did not have the authority to forgive, people would not be healed. People would not learn how to live according to the ways of God. And we would not be forgiven of our sins if Jesus did not have the authority to do it. But the truth is that through Jesus, we are healed. We do learn the ways of God, and our sins are forgiven. 
Jesus does that. How do I know that? Because Jesus also says to us that the Holy Spirit, who also is God, will witness to my own spirit that my sins are forgiven. And I have peace with God. I have peace with myself for the memory of the things that I remember doing wrong. I remember all the things that I have done, the ways that I have taken my own authority and said, No, God, I'm going to do it my way, not your way. God, through Jesus, forgives me for that rebellion. And He forgives you too. Do you have that witness in your own spirit that your sins are forgiven? Jesus will give that to you also. You've got to crawl under that chair called Jesus. I know, what a simple thing. I just called Jesus a chair. (laughs) But that's the trust that Jesus wants us to have in him. And I can say that my sins are forgiven because the Holy Spirit has spoken to my spirit, assuring me that my sins, all of them, are forgiven. Thank you, Jesus, for that. For that hope that I have, that when I die and I stand before God on that day of judgment, and God looks at me and says, why should I let you in? I I can say, you shouldn't. Except because Jesus, standing right beside me, died on the cross in order to forgive my sins. So my trust in Him, He is the only one that I'm trusting in and saying that you let me live forever with peace because of Him. So let's settle this controversy with two ideas that Mark proclaims. The first idea that settles the controversy is clearly Jesus is God, who has authority to do all these things, to forgive, to teach, and to bring new life to us. That reminds me of Mark chapter 4, verse 23, in which it says Jesus was traveling throughout the region of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues, proclaiming good news of the kingdom of God, and healing all kinds of sickness and disease. And believe me, sin is a sickness that gets manifested in all kinds of physical and emotional and social diseases. We see many of them in our lives. We must choose to submit to His authority or we will submit to someone else's authority. Because we cannot live life without submitting to some kind of authority. We can't. Life just doesn't work without authority. So choose today who you will serve. We look to Joshua chapter 24, the Old Testament. This is not a new idea that Jesus brings. And Joshua was leading the people of God into the promised land. And for 40 years and then some, the people went back and forth listening to God and then disobeying God and then coming back to God and then turning their back on God. 
And Joshua says to them, he says, So fear the Lord and serve Him wholeheartedly. Put away forever your idols that your ancestors worshipped when they lived beyond the Euphrates River in Egypt. Serve the Lord alone. But if you refuse to serve the Lord, who's got the choice? Nobody's going to tell you who to choose. That is your authority that you have. So you can't pass that authority on to somebody else. You can't blame somebody else for the condition of your life. You can't blame somebody else that you don't have a relationship with God, especially if you have heard the gospel. And I think you're hearing it today. But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods of your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates? Or would it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? Or would it be the God that you're serving, the God of your work, the God of your money, the God of whatever it might be? No, Lord, I'm going to live my life my way. And when we say that, we become our own God. Which, as the Bible tells us, is no God at all. Oh, my gosh. Or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? But, Joshua says, as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. So the first thing that settles this controversy that Mark is proclaiming is that Jesus is God. He has the authority to do all these things, to forgive, to teach, and to bring new life. We must choose. Secondly, Jesus sends out his disciples with the very authority that is him. So when we leave this place, we who have faith in Jesus Christ, we who see ourselves underneath that chair of Jesus. That's such a silly, simple illustration. We are sent out from here with that very same authority to do what? To do exactly what Jesus does. To proclaim good news to all people that Jesus has died to forgive our sins. To teach people how to live in the kingdom of God instead of the kingdom of this world. And to heal all kinds of sickness and disease. Who will you choose to serve? Go to Colossians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14, and we read these words. Paul writes, We also pray that you will be strengthened with all His glorious power, so that you will have all the endurance and the patience that you may need, and may you be filled with joy. All that is Jesus comes into us by our trust in Him. He says, Always thanking the Father. He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to His people. It gets transferred to us who live in the light. Verse 13 says, For as He rescued us from the kingdom of darkness, He, He rescued us from the kingdom of darkness. And He has carried us. He has transferred us into the kingdom of His dear Son. Who 
purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. Which kingdom? Which kingdom do you choose to live in? The kingdom of darkness or to be transferred into the kingdom of his son, Jesus Christ? You have a choice today. We have an opportunity this morning also. I know this is going to interrupt the the flow of worship, but let's take a moment. Let me offer a prayer and, and kind of close down that question that I've got of whose authority are you going to follow? Dear Jesus, in these moments, your presence is here and you are confronting each one of us. Who's going to have authority in my life, me or you? Today's the day when some of us need to settle that controversy. And I'm here and have proclaimed to them that I have settled that controversy by saying, Jesus, you be leader of my life. I will surrender to you. And when I surrender to you, I give up my right to guide my own life. And what do you do? You give me life back. New life, pure life whole life. Thank you for that. Jesus, I pray for anyone today who's wrestling with this controversy in their soul. May they, may you give them your Holy Spirit so that they can say, God, I'm tired of living life my way. Teach me to live life in the kingdom of Jesus. I surrender. I will trust you. I'll climb on I'll climb over. I'll climb under that chair. (laughs) Just Jesus, be who you are in my life. Forgive me all my sins. And speak to me so that I know that my sins, even mine, are forgiven. And show me how to live for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We have an opportunity this morning. Some of us are going out this week being sent by Jesus to serve others. And our youth group and some adults are going with them. And I want to to ask you, uh, if if you're on our ASP, Appalachia Service Project is a ministry that helps repair homes in the Appalachian Mountains. And uh, we've got 16 people from our church who are going. I'm going to call your name, and if I call your name, I ask you, would you please come up here? Uh, some of the leaders are Daniel Carroll and Chrissy Carroll, Bill and Debbie Jenkins, Jamie Kelly, Alex Shaffy, Maddie Servia, Sophia Wary, Sarah Opalak. Come on, get up here. Let's go. Move. Don't wait for me to call your name. Start coming up here if you're going. Sarah Opalak, Connor Barnes, Carrie Ann Opalak, Casey Kelly, Kieran Morris, Alex Servia, Kendall Passwaters, and Anastasia Clare. Yay! Wonderful people. I want everybody to take two steps forward. <laughs> you can see on the monitor, once you're in the light, won't be able to see you, see who you are. I know, Alex, we got you on the very end over here. I want us to pray for them. And I want us, with the authority of Jesus, to commission them. And what commission means, it means that we are on a co-mission with them and they with us. And we're with them as they go. So I'm going to invite you, even if you're watching on, online, 
Go ahead and lift your hand as if you're going to place your hand on their shoulders or don't slap them in the face. We don't want to do that. But just lay, we're going to lay hands on them. And, and uh, I'm going to, I don't know, Pastor Vaughn, why don't you come up here and you stand on that end and lay your hand over there. And I'm going to lay my hand over here. And if y'all will kind of touch each other, then we'll all be connected <laughs> in that way. Let's just say a prayer as these go forward. Jesus, we ask you to bless these people. We thank you for their willingness to go forth from here and serve you. We ask you to precede them with your Holy Spirit. Protect them on the road. Protect them as they're going to get hot and sweaty and dirty and smelly. They're going to be in situations where they feel uncomfortable. They need your peace. They need your patience. They need your comfort. They're going to be in situations where they're going to meet strangers. They're going to be going into someone's home that they don't even know. And it's going to be an intimate experience because we invite somebody into our homes that we don't know and it feels awkward. So give them the confidence. Give them grace. Give them kindness. Give them good words to say to the homeowners to encourage them and lift them up. And Lord, when they come home, teach them something different about themselves. But what you want them to do and what you want them to be as a follower of Jesus Christ. We thank you for them. We ask your blessing upon them. In the name of Jesus and in the authority of Jesus, they go. In his name we pray. Amen. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Well done. This morning we've got, we're going to celebrate uh, now Sacrament of Holy Communion. And uh, so you have on the chair beside you or, or on the table with you a small cup. Uh, in that cup, uh, Pastor Vaughn, can I get you to come back and, and walk around with the gluten-free cups? If you need a gluten-free, just raise your hand and Pastor Vaughn will, will bring one to you. You can tell that there's a little piece of plastic cellophane on top of this. You've got to peel the cellophane off. Under the cellophane is, a, is a, a, a wafer. And then peel the foil off, and the foil will reveal the unfermented wine <laughs> that we've got. So let's pray together as we receive this sacrament. We remember Jesus. Lord, we thank you for giving yourself to us today. We remember that night when you were betrayed, when you took the bread, meeting with your disciples, and you broke the bread. You gave thanks. You gave it to your disciples, and you said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Whenever you eat this, do it in remembrance of me. And so we receive this bread. We receive your forgiveness in Jesus' name. Let's take and eat and be thankful. When the supper was over, Jesus took the cup. He gave thanks. He gave it to his disciples and he said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant. There is no forgiveness of sins without the, for, without the shedding of blood. And so Jesus gave his life so that your sin and my sin could be forgiven. We've already heard that message. But blood is also the, blood, is the life in us. And so Jesus restores our life. And we remember that as we receive this sacrament this morning. Let's take and drink and remember with thanks what Christ has done for us.
Jesus, we thank you for giving yourself to us. We ask your Holy Spirit to come upon us all. That we may with faith, trust in you, live for you, be equipped to do what you want us to do. All in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Would you stand with us this morning? We have been given that authority. The name of Jesus is above every name. Before you go today, there's an opportunity for you to come and pray. The front will be open. There'll be people at the prayer stations if you need someone to pray specifically with you about anything. Maybe you don't know Jesus this morning. Maybe you don't. Maybe you have no idea about the authority of Jesus. There's some folks that you can visit with and find out information about that. Before you leave today, your life could be different. So God, we offer ourselves to you in worship as living sacrifices. We ask you to receive our praise in the name of Jesus. Thank you. 
because you've given us authority. You took authority over sin, over death, over the grave, over every battle in our lives. And Lord, today, we ask you to change us. Lord, as we worship you, we may not immediately see our circumstances change, but Lord, we're asking you to change us because of the authority that's in us. Not because of who we are or anything that we've done, but because of who you are. Lord, we declare today that as we go from this place, that we are going in your power and in your authority, and no weapon that is formed against us will prosper. But Lord, we will accomplish the purpose for which you have created us, us as a church and each one of us individually. We thank you for that, Lord. We pray that you would go with us. Not only that, but help us to remember. It's easy to have strength in this moment when we're all singing together and all listening to the word together and fellowshipping together. But on Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. when we're all alone, Lord, help us to remember this moment. We thank you for you. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for worshiping with us today. If you're online, our host will be around for another 15 or 20 minutes or so if you need prayer. If you still need prayer before you leave the room today, the front is open. Folks at the prayer stations, God bless you. Have a great week.